Hello everyone, this is Zarina, trainer in business success and in business with meaning. Today I have as a guest the lovely Marianne Cusel from Australia. Hello Marianne. Hi, how are you Zarina? Thank you, thank you. Looking forward to this lovely conversation. Today we're talking about success in business, how to make more revenue, who doesn't want to know that? Yes. <laughs> So we're going to talk about emotional intelligence and how this makes, helps businesses uh, achieve higher revenues, how this improves the overall uh, environment in the company. And uh, let me first introduce Marianne before, before we go any further. Uh, Marianne is an executive coach. She's a speaker. She's been on about 500 stages in the past three years, which is amazing. And um, she, her main topic that she talks about is emotional intelligence, but this really infiltrates in um, topics of, um, uh, of, how, of relating to our customers, marketing, sales. Um, you're also an executive coach, correct? Correct, and, correct. Right, and you're an author. So you have already one book uh, that is on Amazon and one is in the writing. One is called... Give me a second. One is called The Ultimate Truth and the other one, Addict. Yeah, I've written actually four books. Um, <laughs> I've got two on Amazon and the other one is, uh, when I was going through my divorce many years ago, it's called The Cinderella Evolution and I had huge feedback from Hay House about that. So that was fantastic. Wow. Um, but like you know, Zarina, it all mixes in, doesn't it? We, we're human beings in, a, in an executive role or a leadership role. We do actually have a life as well. So, yeah. Right. So um, um, you've had a lot of executive clients and you still have a lot of executive clients. Um, when they work with you, what do they manage to achieve in their lives? What do they manage to achieve in their life or their business or... Depends what the, because the, I've read amazing testimonials. Um, I don't know whether I should, I was wondering whether to read the testimonial or just let you um, share with us. Yeah. So yeah. It, it depends. I have, diff, I have senior level managers come to me. I have people that own their own business, but mainly business owners come to me. And then I also work in leadership and corporate. And so I could be, I could be uh, doing some change management around large teams and things like that. So everybody has a different need. But at the end of the day, uh, people get uh, the result they get from me is the ability to manage their uh, problem, surpass their own egoic problems, which is always the cause, which is fear, which is trying to control everything, trying to protect themselves, seek validation in some way. And it's blocking their results. It's blocking their success. So... At the end of the day, people, uh, you know, they might have six coaching sessions. They might have one coaching session. They might want to um, ex expand their business. That might be, a, I've even had a, a, a senior level board member. You wouldn't believe everyone would think he's the most confident man in the world. And he came to me because he was having panic attacks and mm. he was just terrified standing up in front of that board in front of a uh, hundred other executives having to, uh, pretend he was okay. I've had people that have uh, senior level managers that have come to me. These are real deep personal problems uh, I'm talking about uh, who sat on his balcony every night drinking a bottle of Grey Goose vodka saying that what, what was the meaning of my life? You know, uh, mm -hmm. suicidal. I've had 
other senior level managers come to me saying, I can't seem to make my management team listen. You know, mm -hmm. it could be all sorts of issues. So it's really about creating alignment, connection, getting them to come home to themselves. The number one skill a leader has to have that I've noticed after everybody I've ever coached is something that most lack, and that is presence. Mm -hmm. And how we get presence is emotional intelligence. And I, I could line 10 people up, and I do it often when I go to seminars and ask them, what does emotional intelligence mean to you? And generally, one out of 10 might have some sort of answer, but nobody really knows. Right. And that's because we weren't grown up with it. We weren't brought up with it. Yeah, I mean, emotional intelligence was hyped a lot in the 90s or around the beginning of the 2000s. There was a lot of talking and writing about, about emotional intelligence, and it was mostly being compared to IQ. And then there are other people now coming up with the, with the information that uh, there is no such thing as emotional intelligence. And what does it really mean when you, uh, even if you connect to somebody, what do you do with that information? You know, this is really what, um, um, what one of the people that I'm listening to uh, stated. He's yeah. a philosopher. So he says, well, what do you do? Even if, you, does that mean that you're empathic or what? So what does emotional intelligence mean to you? How do you teach it? Yeah, so I'm a teacher, qualified teacher for Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute that was born out of Google. Mm -hmm. And so what Google did uh, about 10 years ago is they went out to their staff and they said, look, we're going to pay you two hours a week to be innovative and come up with a way for our big clients and our customers to expand even more. And there was an uh, engineer called Chen in the, in the engineering department and he thought, well, I don't know anything but engineering or um, meditation, mindfulness, all of these things. So he decided to write a, a sort of a four-step program, went to the big Google bosses and said, um, I think that you should introduce this. And they said, what is it? And he said, oh, well, it's mindfulness practices. I've done some research on neuroscience. And, he, and they said, well, how's that going to make us money? And he said, well, it'll increase productivity, self-motivation. Um, if you look at the latest Gallup report, Zarina, the Gallup report shows that the biggest problem, 83% generally globally in employees, all employees, um, are either depressed, suffering from stress or anxiety because they don't feel any meaning in their life. They don't feel any meaning in their job. And, uh, and what blew me away the most about that report is only 13% of people employed worldwide, this is quite general, and it does yeah. dip in peaks and troughs per country. Uh, but the research is so solid, it showed that only 13% love what they do. Mm -hmm. So that's alarming. And so what, uh, what, uh, the reason why I decided to become a teacher, and it cost a fortune to go and do two years of training, but I was blown away at how well this was done. Um, and I'd done years and years of studying the science of the mind, but this was so good that Google, what they did is they put it out to the top uh, uh, scientists in the world, the neuroscientists, and they looked at what happens in the brain, what happens to a person's uh, temperature, body, everything when it comes to stress, anxiety, depression, all of these things that are blocking productivity. And so what, the first thing that came up is the, the, the way that we've been programmed as little ones is we, we've always thought that everything comes from out there. 
So we've been born to believe that I must get everything, including happiness from out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I must compete with everybody to get to the top. Uh, You had a lady on uh, that I listened to uh, today, actually, and she talked about jealousy in the workplace. And that comes from, uh, as she described, the lack of self-awareness, but it comes from a lack of emotional intelligence. Uh, Mm -hmm. If we have enough uh, emotional intelligence to say, ah, actually, I'm being triggered right now, you know, uh, and... But it's more or less the same thing, isn't it? I mean, emotional intelligence, meaning being intelligent about your own emotions, which is still self-awareness in a way. Yes, absolutely. Self-awareness is number one. So there's four parts Mm -hmm. to uh, emotional intelligence. (laughs) Self-awareness is number one. And unfortunately, people are insecure, not self-aware. So they're aware of everybody else, what everybody else thinks of them. They make up story. We make up stories in our head. Uh, when, when even lately the latest research shows we've only got a seven second, uh, attention span to put our attention one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, that's actually too much on that other person worrying about what they think of us mm-hmm. because of our devices. We live in the technology age. It's probably a little less that that research was done about 18 months ago. So okay, seven years ago seconds? it was 12 seconds, so it's decreased tremendously. Yes. The first time I heard this number, I think it was 12 seconds, the attention span of. Yeah. So with emotional intelligence in this program, uh, there's huge amounts of attention training. And so I can now hold my attention, the space on myself for minutes mm-hmm. without and my self-awareness, noticing what's going on in my body, noticing my heart rate, noticing the thoughts that are coming up and knowing exactly what to do with them. So A, it, uh, it is the essence of um, uh, being able to concentrate, mm-hmm. right? So if, if our attention span is only seven seconds, well, our concentration is, is just the same. Mm-hmm. So we get distracted very, very quickly. We're on autopilot all the time. How many times have you driven down the road and gone, oh, I didn't remember getting here, mm-hmm. right? How many times right. do you constantly worry about what's going on out there? What do these people think of me? And the interesting thing about the whole thing, we all operate through a filter of I'm not enough, mm-hmm. but nobody talks about it. Mindful, mindful people talk about it, but leaders don't talk about it mm-hmm. because they're, they're, everyone's pretending. Is this the second pillar of, of the program, of yes. emotional intelligence? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so we have to look at our, our own emotions through, through these filters of self-awareness and recognize this is how we're brought up. We weren't brought up, we, we haven't been brought up to listen We've been brought up to respond, reply, react, mm-hmm. not listen, not to just be present. Going back to the number one skill of a great leader is to be present. Mm-hmm. Okay, so th- this reminds me a bit of um, that there's somebody that I'm also working with um, who teaches mindfulness uh, following the Buddhist method that is taught in the UCLA University. Uh, in Los Angeles. And she also said that meditation is actually being present in the moment, being self-aware and observing yourself. Is this the way you teach it too? Or similar? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
So mindfulness, what she's talking about, is a big part of emotional intelligence. You can't actually be emotionally intelligent without being mindful. Right. To having enough awareness and enough training to bring your attention to yourself without Mm -hmm. being scattered and on autopilot all the way out there. How many times do people react because they don't have the ability to respond? And the, the, the key thing that leaders always say to their um, trainers or coaches or staff is make that person responsible. You know, I want them to be mm-hmm. accountable. Well, there's two words in accountability and responsibility, and that's ability. And I always say, well, do they actually have the ability to respond? Mm-hmm. And they don't because they're so busy protecting their own uh, uh, position. They're in competitive mode. They're trying to control everything. They're freaking out. They're not going to make target. You know, there's somebody right behind them after their job. You talk about women who are jealous and always competing. A lot of women in business don't support each other because they've fought all their life to get there. And now they Mm -hmm. don't want to be taken off the perch. Mm -hmm. And so it can be very, it's like a corporate cat fight at times when you don't have any intelligence. You can be mm-hmm. smart um, with ideas and figures and things like that, but that's not going to carry you anywhere if you can't carry yourself. I see. So that's the revenue driving machine. Well, the, revenue, mm-hmm. well the, the, the main thing that it does for corporates when you have these skills and as part of the program that's all about self-motivation and empathy and things like that, the main part is about increasing engagement. Now, yeah. SAP World Leaders in Finance, uh, they're one of Google's top clients. They have about 80,000 star, uh, 80, staff. They tracked the program Uh, the last 12 months and I met the um, uh, key person who did that and they increased their engagement last year and by increasing and doing this program in emotional intelligence they uh, put 90 million dollars on the bottom line Mm -hmm. just by increasing engagement now what Mm -hmm. does increasing engagement mean it has the ability to share ideas be innovative without worrying Somebody else is going to put you down, slam you down. You're not allowed to actually uh, speak. You're trying to compete. When it comes to customer relations, a lot of uh, people are trained to get in there, sell the benefits, go for it, try and close the deal. And this client has had 10 of the same thing all week. So what Mm -hmm. he's seeking is engagement. So a skill in that would be the more you tell, the less you sell. The more you ask, the more you invite in, the more you're connecting, the more somebody trusts you. People do not trust people they, that when they don't feel a connection. Mm-hmm. And there was an amazing study done, and this will knock out everything. Everybody's always learned about marketing. Uh, a lot of people say that um, people buy off data. They don't at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they buy off emotion. And it was right. pro- proven in a study by a scientist, uh, Andreas, somebody or other, and he studied the part of the brain that was damaged emotionally through a whole series of people uh, in hospitals all over the world that had a- uh, accidents in this part of the brain. And he noticed one common thing, that not one of them could make a decision 
uh, and this was the uh, emotional part of the brain. So we know all emotions are made, uh, all decisions are made by emotion. Yeah, this was proven through various uh, prisms, um, so to say. So even even when people thought they were actually making a rational decision, they were just rationalizing what was already given to them through emotion. Exactly. It's Mm -hmm. like buying a Hyundai car. And someone will say, oh, well, it's got, you know, good tires, it's got good speed, it's got a seven-year warranty, you know, yeah, that's all logical, right? I I think I'll buy it. But what they're actually buying, it's because it's supposed to be the safest car in the world. And they're thinking Mm -hmm. of their children, right? Mm -hmm. So we always, and safety is about survival. Survival is an emotional decision. So we can always put it back to that. If you talk, if you said to a client in in a marketing situation, um, if I could show you how this was going to make you money, not cost you money, uh, is that something you'd be interested in? Well, they're going to say, of course, because what you're seeing right now is a figure of $30,000 that's going to cost you, but I haven't shown you enough value yet to show you that it's actually going to make you 280000 Right. So emotion, money is about emotion. It's about survival. It's about do or die. Will I lose my house if I buy this? Um, investment or am I going to, you know, is it a stupid decision or a sensible decision? So people that are selling in these environments have to have this type of intelligence, which comes from emotion. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you trained this company that you mentioned with the, with the 80,000 employees, um, was this a, a period of time that you had to go in and train the people? Or how long was the training? My yeah. question refers more to um, how quick can we see a turnaround? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great question. Number one is it's, it, I, I gave you an example of SAP, SAP, which is the number yeah. one finance company in the world, not my client, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute client. Oh, so okay. mm-hmm. so the, the curriculum is only about 18 hours. Mm-hmm. So you get um, trained by professional teachers for 18 hours and then the practice starts. So every day you get emails and practices that you must do. Uh, you collaborate with other leaders that have gone through it. So you're all keeping each other accountable for this behavior. And, mm-hmm. um, and so the program, you, you, you want to put it into your company and you want to start using it on every aspect. So how you do that is get everybody trained. So their awareness goes through the roof. A manager that can then just turn around and notice and say to uh, an employee, did you notice that right then? It's like, oh, yeah, I did it again, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's helping people grow emotionally, which is going to make them more stable. Staff turnover goes down tremendously because they're getting more meaning, that they're being heard, they're being seen. Um, they have more engagement with employees. They feel safer. They, there's body practices, so they feel safer in the skin, which tells the brain I'm safe. I'll take more risks. I'll be more innovative. I'll have more motivation. Uh, so there's so many different aspects to it, but I can promise you this. At the end of the day, if I went out to see a client, because I've, and you know what it's like, Zarina, being in business, you know, we can, we can curl up in fetal position at night thinking, how on earth can I pay my tax? Well, there's many, many people out there like that. To have a young salesperson go out and start blabbing about these benefits without having any 
awareness or empathy of what it is like for that person in business. And, and mm -hmm. empathy comes from the ability to connect. And so I would say, hey, you know, I know what it's like, you know, you must see so many salespeople and I'm here to show you value, not waste your time because I know how hard it is. Mm -hmm. And just by having that conversation, you've got a connection. So he's, that, that client's going to listen to me before some, somebody else. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. And when, you, when we take the point of view of an executive, how would you translate the same example um, to somebody who would give um, their subordinates a task? Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. So, for example, a lot of leaders forget what it used to be like mm -hmm. to be in that position. And I've done it myself in senior level management. The power goes to your head. You just want them to do the job behind closed doors. You're saying to other leaders, I'll just get them to do the job or get rid of them. Yeah. And I can promise you 98% of leaders have said that in some point of view. When they've forgotten that that's a mm -hmm. human being who's got a mortgage, who's, you know, and they don't have enough awareness to sit down and say, and they're not there to be their counselor or their mother or father, but they don't have enough awareness to pick up and say, actually, I hired that person because they were highly recommended. Maybe, just maybe could I look at my leadership style and say, why aren't I bringing the genius out on that person? Mm -hmm. If they've already been a genius or they've, they've thrived in their previous roles, why aren't they thriving here? And to take, if somebody fails or is failing, I take 100% responsibility. It's something mm -hmm. I'm not seeing, getting, connecting. So if I sat down really with awesome. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, I've observed in my uh, corporate career so many instances when exactly this responsibility wasn't taken you know, tasks were given and you've finished this project by this time, tasks and deadlines and structures, but it's never really the human connection of, is this really possible? Is this where you want to go to? Does Correct. This come along with your understanding of life even? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And this is where a lot of leaders, you know, and they get it. That, mm -hmm. you know, they really get it. And it's nobody's fault. It's not that that leader's a bad leader. It's a leader that hasn't been trained. And right. even the word confidence comes from a skill. It's not an attribute. It's not people just don't wake up and they're really confident. It's their personality. Mm -hmm. They're pretending. They're showing off, right? They think they're better than somebody. That's the ego stuff. But real confidence comes from presence. Mm -hmm. And it comes from the ability to say, I don't know it all, but I hear you. How can I help you succeed? Yeah. That's confidence. And, and that comes from a very special place. And that's real, that real heart intelligence stuff. Mm -hmm. mm. So you, you, so you can train confidence, you mean, or do you realize your confidence? Yeah. Well, we're all confident in one area of our life. Mm -hmm. something could be baking a cake it could be driving a car it could be selling you know multiple chains it could be anything um but we all operate through this filter of i'm not enough in other areas and we're always trying to run around like trying to prove ourselves because that's the part of the ego system yeah. but when we recognize 
that you know better than me. I'm no better than you. We just have different skills. And how can we work together to get the best out of that? And I think the most important thing that leaders struggle with is the stress of what's actually behind them because they take everything so personally. If that person's not performing, that means I'm not going to get my bonus. Mm -hmm. If that person's not performing, they're making me look bad. Right? right. Yeah. And that's why leaders make the mistake. They keep feeding the, the they're owning the, the wrong thing in a way. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. They're yeah, owning yeah. <laughs> and they're also feeding the 1% who are successful when you should be working on the 90 odd percent that are not successful. So, so when you said we're all successful in one area of our lives, I know that you're also an NLP practitioner and in NLP, you, you can copy a, a feeling or an, understanding that you have about a certain sphere of your life and transfer it to another area of your life. Is this what you also use in your practice? Yes. So I take people to the destination, right? So I had a corporate leader the other day who was struggling in her marriage. And I said, so just imagine for a moment that um, I said, what do you want? She said, freedom <laughs> and my sons. And I said, oh, okay. So just imagine for a moment that you had that. And now what's the first feeling that comes up? She went, oh, relief. And I said, now I want you to position yourself back where you are now. How do you feel in a prison? Okay, so what steps do we have to take for you to get to this place? And what's your biggest fear of doing it? And the only thing that was holding her back was the fear of losing her sons. I said, is that a reality or irrational? She said, it's irrational. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. So let's take the steps. And um, it turned out he wanted exactly what she wanted, but neither one were, both were afraid, right? And there was a lot of debt involved and things like that and a lot of, you know, positioning. Mm -hmm. So it's just a, a conversation then. I know that you want the same as me as empathy. I mm -hmm. feel and take 100% responsibility, not you make me feel. Mm -hmm. what, I, what I meant by this is awesome and then it's a it, you know it's the approach that you use with emotional intelligence which is just brilliant uh for nlp i actually meant that there's a tool where you uh copy paste an association a feeling association that you have with something in your life for example self-confidence in a certain area of your life and you paste it in the situation where you find yourself in was this exactly the same example that you gave or maybe i was not no, no, um, there's many different NLP tools and mm -hmm. uh, the associate feeling is, is based really on imagination, creating a new story attachment to right. that and you can anchor it into the nervous system that way. Mm -hmm. um, because the only reason that people, I mean, what makes people, ultimately, everyone will say, I want to be happy. Mm -hmm. and, the, and what makes people happy is to know how to do something. That's ultimately it. Either know how to succeed, know how to make money, know how to feel safe, know how to do all of these things. So the how is the essence of happiness. Once people know how, the uh, how, oh, how to look at it from this perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's my thing. Like I teach people how, show people how, take them on a journey how. Mm -hmm. And so if a manager is struggling to get his team to perform, 
and his job's under threat, I will clear up his, show him how to clear up his limitations, find his limitations, whether it be even subconscious beliefs, and then we create a pathway of how. So clarity and certainty helps people thrive, right? Right. And people go into blame, they go into fear, they go into resistance, they go into stress and anxiety. And most people at that level, when they don't know how in a leadership role, will go on stress leave and blame the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many cases um, of um, burnout. It's, it's really crazy. It's an epidemic at the moment. I know that there are even laws. I, were you working in the UK now? Because I know that there's a law in the UK that... Um, currently obliges some of the companies to have uh, a, a counselor on board, basically a, a company above a certain size that can deal with burnout issues and yes. counsel. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very common here now in Australia too. Um, mm -hmm. co but companies, uh, a lot of companies uh, here have masks where they say, oh, yes, yes, we look after our employees right. uh, and smile behind the scenes. But behind the scenes, the HR manager is working out with the senior level manager how to get rid of those people. Mm. It's so unauthentic uh, in yeah. so many levels. Worldwide, it's not, a, it's yes, not geographically yes. defined. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that it's a massive problem and the, the fear of failure that comes with that leadership role is so massive that it affects, it affects every area of our lives, right? It affects families and it affects... Most people then go straight to, from a place of that stress, fear, worry, anxiety stuff, straight to addiction. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the biggest addictive behaviours of senior level managers is gambling. Oh, okay. It's actually called one of the most intelligent addictions. And there's mm -hmm. no such thing, um, I believe, the same as, as a great addiction specialist, Gabor Mate, and we talk about there's, there's actually no such thing as an addict. Right. We all have an addictive identity. Mm -hmm. so, we're, so, we can't, so when we don't know how to manage that emotional state, manage that stress, manage that fear of failure, and we've got too much shame attached to it. What will my parents think? What will my wife's parents think? What will, you know, what, what will it mean if I lose the house? Nobody wants to share that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they're not in therapy, they go straight to the bottle of Grey Goose vodka or the casino or a prostitute or something to find their power. Mm -hmm. Well, we can probably expand on the addiction topic uh, another time. Uh, but there's something very interesting that you mentioned, which was um, the pressure that uh, uh, the senior leaders have from the businesses because businesses, um, they're double-faced, right? You, you need to serve... Um, the you know shareholders the shareholders yeah but but it's also the way business is supposed to be done it's 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 a mask um, overall because it's a mask also that you're serving the shareholders as a as an executive you're neither serving the shareholders nor your employees you're just juggling with things and trying to figure out what to do first and to keep face in the end this is what they find themselves in that's it uh, right so um yeah, it is a process, but, but what I mean is they have a lot of external pressure that they need to perform to. It's not only that they work on themselves and they can share everything and connect emotionally. They still need to comply with these expectations. 
and this is what gives them additional pressure. Maybe they um, have no clue even how to get out of this um, vicious Great. circle of lying and telling lies because they're supposed to. Correct. That's the how. And that's where uh -huh. emotional intelligence is so powerful. It's not just about how to manage your emotions. It's about, right. it's about having enough authenticity, awareness, uh, even motivation to uh, look at a strategic way. If I, did, if I didn't have this fear of failure or I didn't mm -hmm. have this fear of being seen or caught out or shamed or losing my job, these fears are emotions, Right. So if I actually understood myself more and, it, and I got out of the game and I was real enough to say, hey, listen, this isn't actually appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not aligned to this sort of behavior and I'm changing my leadership style to be there for my people. Because if you want more revenue, I'll increase productivity by increasing engagement with my people, by increasing empathy and understanding that they're freaking out every week they come to work, wondering whether they're going to have a job next week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to appreciate how, what it feels like to get out there with a sales kit and come home with no sales that day and say, I know how it feels, guys. And I'm going to mm -hmm. give them the tools and techniques to increase their sales. And they're going to want to do it for me because I get them. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Lovely. But how can people get this information fast without having to go through the entire, I mean, 18 hours is still not a long time to go through the entire training, but you still um, make it in a shorter format when you give speeches, right? Oh, absolutely. Topics. I do keynote mm -hmm. speeches as well. But another thing to consider, yeah, that's a great way. Invite me to a conference where I'm speaking. Um, or you can have one-on-one -on -one coaching. You know, mm -hmm. you can just have leadership coaching over Skype. That's how all my clients come to me. I have people all over the world. So, you know, it's working through those parts and, and getting the how-to plan and having real clarity in yourself. And when people don't ask you the right questions or you have an executive coach that creates goals with you, mm -hmm. I mean, what's the point of that? To have somebody you're paying to hold you accountable for making a goal? I mean, that's great. But you want somebody to really anchor that emotional state and give you the right juice and clarity to want to do it for yourself. Right. Hold yourself accountable, right? Be excited mm -hmm. about it. Maybe because in the minds of people, it seems harder than to have somebody do it for them. Yes. It's because they have emotional blocks. I see. Mm -hmm. awesome always, thank you so much. Always about that. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you, Zarina. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you so much. We'll continue with um, another uh, installment of, uh, of emotional intelligence soon. So subscribe and keep posted. Thank you.